Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Diversity in Fellowship. We hope that you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I, from for myself, ate way too much food. Of course, but I had a you know had some fun, got to see some family. Uh, we are uh, at the beginning of the Christmas season, the Advent season. If you celebrate that, I yes. uh, hope that's going well. Uh, I've been listening to Christian uh, Christian Christmas music. Kenny. It's not very good. It's terrible, <laughs> and I'm like in search. I have this pod. I have this list on Spotify, and it's like I don't know. There's like a hundred songs on there, and I bet I've listened to maybe half of them, and I like one of them. <laughs> like, now it could just like, be why, like, why I, are you torturing? I know I picked like the this. wrong list. Well, you listen to the radio; it's even worse. Oh, right? right. I mean, they, there's like purposely bad songs on there. But anyway, yes. so, um, but some we know some of you really enjoy that, and so that's fun. The holidays are definitely a time for joy and excitement and having a good time, but they are also a time of real exhaustion yes. for a lot of people, uh, particularly people who are like, I don't know, say like 44. Yes. And it's no. really exhausting for those people at <laughs> that, that, that particular age. 43 too. 43 yes. is also exhausting. That's right. I, I used to be there. So... Um, and others, you know, they're just dealing with, they have to deal with the drama and, you know, family's hard, you know, the busyness, you know, all, all of those things can be difficult. You've got to wrestle with, um, you know, things that maybe you've lost in that year. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just can be a hard time. It, it can be a, a difficult, um, it's not only true for, uh, the holidays, but you can also have some exhaustion and some difficulty regarding diversity in fellowship. Today, we're going to talk specifically about what has been called black fatigue. Yes. So, Kenny, tell us what that is. All right. So, black fatigue is this idea that black people are exhausted from either experiencing or witnessing or battling blatant racism or microaggressions, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's unintentional racism, whether it's um, less overt racism, like right. people being a little more subtle uh, with it, mm -hmm. whether they're battling those things over a, a period of time, right. they just get exhausted. There was a book uh, actually written in 2021 by uh, Mary Frances Winters, um, I was not aware of this book. I haven't read this book, so I'm not in any way um, <laughs> recommended it. it. Yeah. Yes, we just but know it. we're just saying it is it exists. As I was researching this, this book came up, so mm -hmm. it's it's something that's being talked about in the larger culture. But we wanted to focus on today how it relates to and how it affects diversity in fellowship. Now, black fatigue, and it's not like she invented this term. No, people have around, come right? up with um, different terminology for it i don't know if she invented it mm. again i i didn't know the book existed mm -hmm. i'm just mm -hmm. you know doing research and it pops up so i'm using a language without even okay. ever heard uh, without yeah. ever hearing about it so sure 
I mean, some people have called it. I think somebody called it battle fatigue or some, you know, hmm. something to that yeah, yeah, yeah. to that effect, to okay. where it becomes race racial battle fatigue or something yeah, like yeah. that, to okay. where you're you're tired of battling and dealing with it and and things of that nature. But I mean, pe- I mean, I guess it would people would call it trauma, racial trauma, things mm. of that nature too. But no, mm. I don't think she coined the term in any way. It's just this. That's what she titled her book. Right. Yeah. And so. Right. Right. Okay. So how do, what are some, what are some maybe causes, particularly we're dealing with diversity and fellowship. Yeah. The body of Christ. Right. You know, talk about how, how it deals with us trying to be together and yeah. how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. Yes. Tagline. Look there at it that. is. Look at that. Working yes. it in. Subtle. <laughs> subtle. That was right. subtle. <laughs> I worked it in. You did. That was good. Yes. So what are some causes of this, particularly in the body of Christ? Well, I mean, in the body of Christ, what you what you still have are sinners saved by grace. Mm. And so you the, the racism that's experienced in the culture very much still happens in the body of Christ, whether it's again the blatant racism or mm. more more than likely and what what I tend to um, deal with more than anything from those who profess Christ is the microaggressions. It's the, the unintentional, it's the, it's the subtle, um, type things are very innocent where you have to just, Hey, you might want to think about how yeah, you're so, saying this. So for our listeners, you might be like, I've heard of microaggressions, but yeah. I don't really know exactly what that is. What do you have like an example that you usually use as, Hey, this, or maybe that you've experienced or seen or something like that? Right, it's the um, uh, it's the common stereotypes. Those are mm, okay. kind of sometimes yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know considered microaggressions. So, assuming <laughs> again that all that all black people like watermelon or okay. things like that, or, right. or fried chicken, or those can be considered microaggressions. Or I know, like with um, black women, it's messing with their hair. Can mm. I touch your hair and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? Right. Like, Mm-hmm. Like it's that's some considered a a microaggression. You're not intending to be racist, yeah. But those things have connotations right. to them historically, yeah. That make um, black people feel a certain way, yeah. And okay. so you you're you may very well be innocent about it, but mm-hmm. you're you're still triggering something um, within that minority group, whatever mm. minority group it is, and so. Would this be an example? Like, I, I remember, um, I don't know why, but it, it, like, sometimes I will call people, what's up, boy? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Like that, and, and I just don't think that that's a big deal. I, right. But I remember how, I think it was you. It, you yeah. Know, maybe it was you or somebody pointed out, hey, you might want to be careful right. with that language because yeah. that, just calling somebody boy, although I meant, I mean, I'm just right. like, yeah. whatever, you know, that's just what I call somebody. <laughs> But that could actually be seen as very much so racial, right? That and is a so, microaggression. That would be yeah. considered a microaggression to yeah, where yeah. your intention is is pure. You don't have. I mean, right. you're actually trying to be affectionate, mm-hmm. but <laughs> because yeah. that word has some some negative connotations to it, yeah, yeah, we view that as yeah, okay, something that's racist. And so, yeah, usually so having to deal with that kind of stuff constantly like I'm, I'm constantly having to correct you or i'm constantly have having to overlook the offense in some mm. way yeah and so you you just get tired of it over mm. time right and so it leads to fatigue just these um blatant or unintentional forms of racism just can 
can really wear on black right. people or any group yeah. over a period of time. Yeah. And then I would say, on you know, on top of that is that, you know, even in the body of Christ, if you are a minority everywhere you go and then you have to come to worship with in the minority as well. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get, there can be the opportunity for you to be, to become fatigued from that because you can feel like you can't be your true self. Yeah. Like I have to tone down my blackness Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order to, Mm -hmm. to be in this space um, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's where code switching comes in. Yeah, code yeah. switching. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't be myself. Yeah. Like, I can't be myself anywhere. <laughs> I can't be myself yeah. at work. I can't be myself uh, in, in all these other places, these, all these other public places. And this one place that I'm I'm trying to go to to worship the Lord, I can't be myself here mm-hmm. because I'm the minority. And if yeah. I'm if I show myself to to be black or bring bring my expression my blackness into this situation, then people will feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, the majority will look at that and say, well, you know, everybody should kind of leave their stuff at the door. Mm. But they think that they're not. Nah, we ain't leaving our stuff. <laughs> right, right. But well, they think they are because our stuff is there. Their right? stuff is there. It's the norm. It's it the it norm, feels like yeah. the norm. You don't, you feel like you are not bringing your whiteness into the situation, but you are. Mm-hmm. It's just the norm. Mm-hmm. And, what what black people are feeling is well i know this <laughs> i know that you know the norm is whiteness mm. and i know i'm not the norm so now i have to become the norm yeah i can't be myself i can't you know do the things that i would do it, a, as an expression of my blackness so you know i feel i'm i'm tired yeah. i'm tired of always having to be on so mm-hmm. to speak you know pastors feel that we feel like you always have to be on Mm. Yeah, you yes. don't you don't get an opportunity to mm. to kind of let <laughs> to kind of let go, right? Yeah, but you always got to be prepared to to counsel somebody, encourage somebody, and or you know lead in a sense to mm-hmm. where you just can't be. And you know the same thing with minorities in certain spaces. You just feel like you can't be sometimes, mm. and you always have to be on. You always have to be prepared to yeah, um, either deal with the racism or you know, make sure that I'm not being as yeah. black as I'm. And don't you think, I mean, that's, that's got to be one of the huge challenges for like what we're, I mean, we're holding forth diversity and fellowship, right? That's a, yeah. that's something that we should all be striving for. And right. And we believe in that. Right. But that, I mean, black fatigue was a, is it, it has to be a huge, cause we're, cause you're thinking, Okay, we don't want to have just white churches and black churches anymore. We want to have churches that are, you know, that right. have um, um, both e- both ethnicities. Um, yes. But the challenge for to try to create this environment where minorities don't feel like they're having to continually put. I mean, that is. Yes. Like that's a challenge. Right. I mean, I I would say we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, absolutely. And and again, it, it's and it, and it's not really anybody's like fault. I mean, well, <laughs> um, majority culture needs to do a better job of, mm-hmm. of understanding it, being aware of it. Um, but but still, I mean, there there is a there's a sense in which I don't I don't think 
majority culture is like, hey, come here and you got to turn, you got to no, no. be a certain Again, way. And you yeah. got to like, I don't think they would say that, but there is this, there is this idea that if you don't do that, then you're abnormal or you're doing something that's yes. weird or you're doing something that's odd or right. why, why are you People going to be that? turning their head if I do this or, right. you yeah, know, yeah. looking at me funny if, mm-hmm. if I do this. And, and so, I mean, sometimes it can be, it can be this um, unspoken, um, unspoken kind of standard within yeah. the church. You mm-hmm. know, this is how you behave. But sometimes it can be just in, in your own head to where yeah. you feel like um, this may happen if I do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it may not actually be right. That may be not true. be true. Yeah. And so you get, you got to really figure out, is this in my own head or really Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the standard kind of this unspoken tradition, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you really going on. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of some like you know prominent um, uh, black evangelicals saying, you know, like we want to continue the black church. Like we want to be in black church. I feel more comfortable in a black church. I want to have a black church. And I, you know, I've seen you know white majority people be like, well, that's just racist. Yeah. Like that. You just want to be among, you know, <laughs> right. You say it's bad for us to just want to be among white people. So how can you just want, and it's like, yeah, I don't, th- I think this concept is lost. Yes. To the majority culture in, in those sometimes in those conversations, yeah. you know, cause it's like, I don't think they necessarily are saying, I just want to be in black churches. It's no. just, they're saying, I don't want to be in a place where I feel like I have to, be on it all is the time. Tiresome. Yeah, like, they, I don't. That's what they saying. I, I just want to be comfortable, and right? Feel at home, and like whereas the the we we would say, you know, as the minority, where you're you're always in spaces where you're in the majority, and so you're never having to feel that burden of yeah. being something that you aren't, hmm. and and so for you being in a diverse church is 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 you maybe <laughs> you know even in you know in most diverse churches you're still the majority it's yeah. not like you're you know yeah and and so you're really only having to die to yourself so to speak mm. for this little period of time right right what what the what black people are saying what minorities are saying is i'm always at work yeah. Whether it's at school, wherever I am, I'm mm. usually the minority. Right. And so I, what I'm looking for is just this little bitty time yeah. when I'm in public where I don't have to feel this way, where mm. I don't, because it's, it's weighing me down. It's tiresome. I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued. Yeah. And so, and, and and what I would say just to, to both of them is, you know, which we'll get to that more, but. Hey, let's let's really die to ourselves in in all those circumstances for the sake right. of the gospel. But I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah. A so bit more. other other causes that you would throw in that we've kind of circled around and talked about a different bunch of different stuff. But other causes that maybe you see. Yeah, I would say there there's I, I know growing up, my, you know, and and I know this is in a larger black culture, but the idea that I would have to work twice as hard to be on equal footing with mm. white people. Right. That was an a rule. Like you, you can't. Like I, I remember my mom telling me, "You can't do that. They can do that." Like as far as making mm. mistakes and things like that, you can't do that. They can do that, mm. and you have to be twice as good in order to to just have a a fair shake. Right. And so I think that that mentality can come into the church as well. Well, I have to be twice 
as good. I have to work twice as hard to be seen as valuable as a right. white person. Yeah. So I'm going to serve twice as hard. I'm going to I'm going to mm-hmm. be, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm at everything. I'm going to just really work 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 so that people could see that I have value. Everybody else doesn't necessarily like the majority culture doesn't necessarily have to do this, but I have to do it because I need to mm-hmm. I need them to see that I have some value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just work yourself. To, yeah, you're, yeah, which leads to just being exhausted and tired. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I would say that, you know, the last one would be is just being the go to black person. Mm. And and <laughs> I know a lot about this. This <laughs> is you, Kenny. This is me. This I'm, is I'm you. I'm telling y'all this is me. And so and I know a lot of black people experience this, but it, it can feel like that you are the person that white people go to to understand more about the struggle that black people experience or, and then this is where, you know, my experience comes in. They need some more diversity on a board. Yes. <laughs> and in their church, I'm a safe black person. Mm, yes, that's and, right. Yes. I, I'm a, mm-hmm. Cause I'm not going to get militant on you too much. Right. So I end up yeah. being the safe person. And mm. so I get asked to be on a lot of boards and, uh, and do a lot of things outside, you know, they're still kind of church related, but more parachurch even. Mm. And and so you get asked to do all these things or you get asked to lunch to to have conversations about the struggle or to, you know, mm. educate people about things. And because you you do want to see more diversity in those spaces and you do want to be able to speak into those spaces, you you take advantage of all those and then you end up fatigued. I mean, you you you, st- <laughs> you did say what the solution is, right? Yeah. Stop being safe, Kenny. Stop being be, be the crazy guy. Go be the crazy be guy. Be the crazy yes, guy. Man, just I start just start going to those meetings yes. and saying ridiculously say, crazy say stuff. Crazy. I'm gonna that, I mean, fair it, con level no, no, stuff. Wait, wait though. You got to make sure you let me know because I want to make sure I'm at those meetings. <laughs> it, it's so going down this week, William. Maybe get some maybe get some footage of that right. for the for the internet. Yes. yes. That there it is, man. You you go crazy at a couple of meetings. Word you, will get out. You will not be the go-to black guy not. anymore. Yeah, like, burn it down. you do, burn it down. Don't invite Kenny King. <laughs> yes, that <guy> is crazy. <laughs> but but there, I mean, there is some truth to it. I mean, in the sense, I mean, I've probably put you in that situation. I mean, you're. You, I mean, for a while, you were my. I mean, you were definitely my go-to black pastor, right? right I mean, right. before we merged and before you know, I mean, you were the guy I talked to and. Uh, and, and, and really, you know, we've joked about, you know, I called you the unicorn, right? I mean, if I'm looking for another black conservative reformed pastor in, in the city, right. I'm, (laughs) I mean, like there's, there's not a, you know, and, and if I'm looking for, even if I'm looking for just another father, black father in the city who shares some of the same values that I, I mean, like, yeah, now I know more, you know, but, but there was definitely a time where I was like, Kenny's the only guy I know to talk to. And so. But again, I think for the majority culture, that shows you got to make more friends, man. Yeah. You got to you got to right. you got to lean in more. You got to work harder. You got to you know get in uh, get in some other spaces. I mean, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, which which kind of leads. Okay, so we've talked about all these, um, these these causes. But what what effects does it have? Yeah. 
So the body of Christ, what it ends up, the kind of the effects is, and and you can kind of take these at different levels. So initially, mm-hmm. I would say what what black people end up doing is they would they just dread being with the body of Christ, and that's that is not a place to be. You yeah. should there should be rejoicing, you right. know, being with your brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you're if you're going into these situations and you start to feel that fatigue and and you you're wondering, okay, what am I what am I going to have to correct today or Mm-hmm. Or man, it's really been a really rough week already, and I've had to, you know, tamp down my blackness already, and I got to do it some more. You start to dread being with the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and and that can be some, one of those warning signs that hey, I'm starting to feel the fatigue mm-hmm. of yeah, can, can, starting to feel that black fatigue yeah of of even striving for diversity and fellowship. And then mm-hmm. I would say the next thing, you know, kind of the next level would be. I'm not going to engage beyond the Sunday morning service. Right. The body of Christ is supposed to be together more (laughs) than Mm -hmm. uh, just in case you all didn't know that. You don't realize that. Right. Yeah. The the body of Christ is supposed to be together more than the couple of hours we, we try to do on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And so I think what, what will end up happening is you'll say, well, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my time. Mm. Right, I'm gonna do yeah. my time here on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and, and you know you can you can hide pretty good. Say, on yeah, Sunday you can morning. hide a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, you know I don't mm-hmm. have to act. You know, have deal to interact with these songs. all that much. You yeah. know, I ain't got to interact with people. I'm mm-hmm. gonna come in, you know, right when service starts. I'm gonna leave right when it's over. Right, and, and so you start to limit the time that you're you're spending with the body Saints, of Christ yeah. because you don't want to you don't want to interact with them that much. And then I think ultimately what it, what it ends up affecting the body of Christ is what you were saying. I, I yeah. want to be a part of a minority church. I want to be yeah. a part of a black church. I'm going to leave the church that, I'm, that is striving for diversity and fellowship. And I'm going to be a part of, I'm going to go back to being part of a monolithic church that looks just right. like me where I can be myself and yeah. whatnot. And so what it ends up reversing some of the gains that you actually have in mm. diversity and fellowship because, right. you know, you have a brother or a sister that is fatigued mm, yeah and so those those are you know just some of the ways that kind of the steps yeah some yeah. of the effects of it and, and you and just those little steps when you start to feel yourself not wanting to be with the body of christ for that reason then that's a warning sign that hey i i may be fatigued and i may need to do something about that um i would say you know for you know trying to work too hard you're going to overextend yourself <laughs> i mean just that's just anybody if you're yeah, doing right. too much you're just going to overextend yourself. At some point, you're going to crash because you're doing trying to do too much within the body of Christ. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that, you know, being a go-to black person does is you end up not wanting to have any conversations about race or justice mm-hmm. issues or anything, even mm-hmm. the positive ones, like even with allies. So, so let's say somebody like you, William, will come and say, hey, Kenny, you know, how can I help you? Or give me some resources to read in regards to this issue that's come up. And you just get tired and say, I don't even want to do that. You figure it out yourself. And so my thing is, you know, we you can be so fatigued that it ends up actually harming that which <laughs> you're working for. You, you, you want to have diversity and fellowship. You want to have allies. But you end up saying, go figure it out yourself. And I promise you. <laughs> You see too many people to go figure out themselves. They're going to run against some things that you don't want them to read. Right. Or you don't want them to, you don't want them talking to everybody. And so, right. And so you've gotten to the point where you're, you're so fatigued to where it's becoming, it's going to actually really negatively affect diversity and fellowship. Mm. And so I, I would say, yeah, that's, 
you've you've gotten really really far down the line when it comes to that if you're unwilling to have those those conversations with people who are even supportive right uh, of you um, to help them kind of figure out some of the issues and things that are going on with the culture so obviously then the question becomes how do we avoid that right I mean how yeah. do how do minorities fight against Black fatigue, right? Because you don't want to just completely cut off those conversations. Right, and, you don't. You know, just go, oh, we just can't make it work, so we'll just all go back to white churches and black churches. And, you know, and so what are, at the same time, there are things the majority culture can do as well. And so what, yeah. what are some of the things, how, how can we prevent uh, black fatigue? You know, so, you know, a couple of the things that I had to kind of check myself on is making sure that I'm humble. And and so the the humility part comes in is that I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to work hard. I don't have to overwork myself mm. and I don't have to be the the only the go to black person. Right. Because God has this. Right. You don't God. have to be the savior. I don't have to be the savior. Already got, I already got a savior. That's right. <laughs> right. And so I, I need humility in that sense to say that, no, you know, this is not dependent upon me. Like, like God has this under control. Like this is this is if I believe that diversity and fellowship is something that God ordains in the Bible and something that he desires, then why do I feel like I'm the only one that needs to do that? Mm. And so in, in being humble, that means I need to be able to rest. I yeah. need to be able to I mean, and not just rest, you know, it's like we like we say we're gonna rest in <laughs> rest in God, rest in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're gonna rest from in that in that sense, but I need to physically take naps and go to sleep and right. and and not try to to do all those things. And the uh, we'll say the biblical example of this is Elijah. Mm-hmm. You know, Elijah feels like you know he has this this great victory on on Mount Carmel, mm-hmm. and then Jezebel comes and says, "I'm gonna chop your head off," basically, mm. and he runs and he tells God, "You know, hey, I'm the only one." Yeah. And God says, no, you're not the only one. <laughs> That's right. It's a pretty good example of like this, the spiral of depression. Right. And yes. he's like looking around and nobody else is left. Yes. And it's just me. And God's I'm tired. Like, no. like right. I, I'm doing all this for you. I'm tired. I'm the only one. And, right. and God says, no, you're not the only one. There's 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And right. so you can feel like you're the only one that's striving for this. Or you, you're the only one available to do those things. And God has people working and doing things that you're not even aware of. And so you, you just got to really have that that mindset of humility and be humble enough to rest and, and realize God has it under control. I'm going to actually go a little little bit of Baptist on y'all now and just give you three P's. Wow. Yes. It's a quick sermon. Three P's, quick sermon. Pace. For those who are involved, right? Or <laughs> yes. trying to get involved. Okay. Yes. Those who are Sorry, trying to get in, involved, I would say pace. Pace. Like yes. Because I know when you first get involved, when, when diversity and fellowship really gets on your radar, you're passionate about it. What you want to do is you want to go just 100 Hold miles on, per hour right. working for it. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is not a sprint. <laughs> it's yeah. not a sprint. It is a lifelong, it's a lifelong journey. It's not, not something you solve. Like you can progress, but it is not a sprint. Mm. And so you got to have pace. You cannot go 1,000 miles per hour. And I would say mm-hmm. for those in the thick of it, you have to prioritize. Like for me, I can be a part of every board and and then be a part of the church, and it's going to burn me out. I right. have to prioritize. So for me, I have to say that the body of Christ is more important than all those other boards. Mm. Yeah. And so I have to I have to have some levels to this to say that, 
okay, if if I feel like in this season the body of Christ is going to demand more out of me when it comes to diversity and fellowship, I'm not going to be a part of all these other things. Mm. And so I have to know my limitations and prioritize. And for those who are at the point where they're fatigued, it is okay to pull back. Pull yeah, back now before yeah. you crash and burn. Like mm-hmm. go ahead and say, I'm going to I'm going to get off some of these boards. I'm going to get off I'm going to mm-hmm. take a season to where e- even I may pull back a little bit from the church. And yeah. so it's okay to say, hey, I'm at the, I'm at the point where um, I need to pull back. Yeah. What would you say in regards to the majority culture, brother? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, you, I mean, I, you think of a, a passage like uh, Galatians six, you know, carry each other's burdens, and so I mean, I, I think one of the things that uh, majority culture has to do is, one, I mean, part of it is just simply being aware. I think yeah. there may even be folks who are like, I've never even heard of black fatigue. It, right. And I think that's. Okay, so now you're aware. You have to be aware, right, <laughs> yes. that, that it's going on. And then you have to try to figure out, how can I help my uh, black brothers and sisters or my other, you know, my minority brothers and sisters shoulder this better, right? Yeah. And one practical thing I think I would say as far, you know, as far as along that is don't expect every conversation to be about racial inequality or, right. or some weighty... Yeah. Right. Like you gotta, you gotta just be friends, you know, just hang out, talk about sports and laugh. And I mean, yeah, because I think sometimes, and I get it, like, you know, I just want to waste time and talk about sports or talk about something, you know, let's, let's get to it and talk about these hard things. It's like, yeah, but you, sometimes people just need to be able to be themselves, right? you know, and laugh. And so I, I think that's, um, I mean, that's one of the things that the church has helped me with is I can have conversations with black brothers and sisters that don't have to be about, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I look back on, I mean, on our, some of our first conversations, I mean, those were way, not granted, yes. we were pastors, we're getting to right. know each other, we're talking about pastoral stuff, but like, you know, it wasn't, it did, it took us a while so that for the, before we could kind of get to that comfortable, right, that comfortable level. Yes. Maybe that's a way to say it, like. Be friends and be friends with uh, minority culture people to a sense that where they can be comfortable with you and you can become where they don't have to put up all, they don't have to code switch when yeah. they're talking with you right um, and so I, I think um, I think leaning into that working on that is, is helpful uh, obviously you know we we brought out some of those microaggressions trying to become aware of are there are there ways that I talk are there ways have I you know I have things um, you know, like we were talking about me saying boy, you know, like yeah. are, there, are there things that I say or things that I do that could, that my black brothers and sisters are going to have to be like, all right, Lord, don't let me, don't, right. don't, don't be offended. Don't be offended. Right. Cause if you're saying those things constantly, then you're not really sharing the burdens. You're not really no. helping. You're, not you're really actually helping. adding to the burden. That's right. You're making yeah. it worse. And <laughs> right. so I think, I think just doing some of those things, carrying those burdens in those, in those ways, I think, I think can help. Yeah. What else would you add? Anything else? You know, again, just going back to focusing on Jesus. Jesus is going to build his church. And I, and I would say this is focusing on Jesus in the sense to where understand that um, what 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 we are striving for and what does that say about what Jesus has done for us? Mm. And so if we get to the point to where everybody's tired and tired of working for diversity and fellowship mm. and we mm. end up all just back into um, segregated churches. What are we saying about Jesus? Yeah, like focus good. on what what is the witness of the church and what does that say about Jesus? Mm. And we and we want to tell the truth about Jesus. Jesus has torn right. down the dividing walls of hostility. The gospel is for everybody. We're all going to be worshiping together in heaven from every tribe, tongue, language, 
people group. And so we want to make sure that we are reflecting that and, and not allowing mm. things like our fatigue to get in the way of, yeah. of what um, God desires of us. Right. It's a yeah. work, but it's a worthy work. Yeah, very much so. Right. Yes. And we can't just say, well, let's just find the easiest path. No. That's not what we're trying yeah, to we do. Gotta, you got you to gotta really understand that this what what we are doing is saying something about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we want him to be glorified. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, that leads to our crazy question today, yes. Pastor Kenny. We're talking about being fatigued and tired and all those things. So we thought we'd ask this crazy question along those lines. What is the craziest time you've been the most tired? Yes. So um, took a took a uh, college trip in um, my senior year in high school. Yes. And we were going to Lincoln University in Jeff City. Yes. It was about six hours. It was it took us six hours on the bus. It was a bunch of kids went to. And so, you know, we're, you know, our high school kids are. We're climbing around on the bus the whole while. Everybody's talking about what they're going to do when we get into the hotel rooms. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going right. to, I'm going to be with y'all. I get in the hotel room. I see a couch. I lay on the couch and I am Kenny knocked gone. out. Kenny and I gone. keep telling, my brain is telling myself I need to get up and have fun. But like every once in a while, I open my eyes and I see like, like, just craziness going on around me. <laughs> You're sleeping in the middle of I'm this? I'm sleeping in the middle of all. I'm so tired. Kenny. I am sleeping in the middle of all sorts of craziness. Like I open my eyes and then I see somebody doing something crazy and then I'm so tired. I'm like I need to get up and have some fun. I am so tired. I just go back to sleep. I'm doing this all mm. night long. That is crazy. And, and I'm wondering this whole time, like, where's the people who were chaperoning us? Where were they? I mean, that is I a great know. question. I don't know. But oh, it was oh. some crazy stuff going on. I meant to have some fun, but I was knocked out for some reason. So mm. that's my craziest time. What about that you, is. brother? I think mine would be um, that um, I – I developed an unbelievable hatred of lock-ins yes. through the years because I had to, you know, I, I was involved in several during the youth ministry days, <laughs> and there was one in particular that I remember, and we had gone to this place as me and another buddy. We'd gone, and I may have even shared this before, but we we spent all night. We'd lock in, stayed up all night. I think I taught like at one in the morning or something. Oh, I mean, it's crazy, and um, we're driving back. We're driving home, and he fell asleep while driving. Oh, with man. his eyes open. Wow. And I was like, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? We're killing ourselves. We're this is killing the last ourselves. One. Yes. And and then uh, you know, I mean, I one that I would add, you talked about college. Glenn and I just have a fr- phrase, college conference tired. Wow. Like any college conference that I went to, and and that makes sense because I mean, you're you know, you're having these big emotional spiritual yes. experiences. Yes. You're crying, John Piper's preaching, I'm weeping, you know, right. up there. And then you're not sleeping because you're in the crazy hotel or like we went to one better as one day conference passion. We're sleeping in a tent, you know, wow. so college conference tired Man. is is the most Next tired level in the Marshall household. <sighs> so. Man, good stuff. So, uh, well, I hope uh, this was helpful for you and uh, we enjoyed it and we'll look forward to getting with you next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the diversity and fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.